Good morning, good people. Good morning. How you doing? I'm back at the Soft Straight Talk Show. This is a Tuesday morning. Um, a lot of things has went on since I made my last episode. So we're going to talk about some of those things. Um, nothing too long drawn out. I want to give my opinions on the reason why I feel a certain way about some things that took place. And, uh, yeah. First off, I want to say, Philip Rivers, retire. I mean, and I'm not really saying that in a, in a mean way. It's just four interceptions. Your team's decent. Tyrod Taylor's on the bench. I mean, look at him. He took a team to the playoffs. I would say this at this juncture, you'll be doing your team a favor. At least by taking the back seat, putting the hat on, putting the headset on for for the last what remaining games. You let a guy get your team out of contention, and as far as the rest of the season goes, it doesn't look great. Now at this point, you're going to have to roll with Philip Rivers. Man, they could be making a jump. I don't know. It's weird. The AFC, the AFC West is weird right now. I mean, the best record is 7-4, 6-4. Chargers can win three in a row. And change a lot. Just saying. How about those Colts and Texans? 6-4, both in the division. Texans gets shellacked. Which I'm saying that a lot when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. Got shellacked. Two hundred some rushing yards per game for the Ravens. Scary. Um Jacoby Brissett's back. They look good. Um, but uh like I said, Phillip Rivers, I will retire. But keeping it moving. You know, last week we had the Thursday night game. Thursday night game had <clears throat> Steelers versus the Browns. In that Thursday night game, we got to see a better version of Baker Mayfield. Um, didn't really get to see a whole lot from Odell Beckham. It was one waiver pass that Baker threw that it was just like, that's why I said it was kind of good. But, you know, just they ran a lot of different formations with Kareem Hunt involved, trying to get him going. Uh, but overall, they just did what they had to do to win. It was a tough catch by uh, that tight end. I, I thought that made a, heck of a, made a heck of a grab in the back of the end zone. But overall, I just looked at the defense of the Steelers well, how they've been playing the last, what, four games, maybe one on a four-game winning streak. They got intimidated. They got pushed around. The offense got pushed around. It was just a different setting, different game. Maybe it was just a short week that got them, but it just didn't look like the same defense that was, you know, charged up and trying to stop an offense, especially a Browns offense who is, you know, I guess you could say stacked, but just has not been playing up to par. So when you haven't been playing up the part and you lose the teams the way they've been losing, 
the Steelers should have came right in here and, and made this look simple. And maybe won the game, what, 14 to 10 or 14 to 3. Who knows? But to come in and lose 7 to 21, they just ran out of steam of what they've been doing well. And, uh, you know, Cleveland Braves dominated. They put some guys out. I mean, like, you know, not not trying to say it's like a – it's a violent sport. And you got Browns versus Steelers, and that presents a rivalry of sorts. So it's just like it's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be physical. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. Uh, there was guys, you know, leaving the field left and right, especially for the Steelers. Getting down towards the end of the game, we had the event with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. We all know what happened with that. We all know what's going to be going down, and we all know that Wednesday, with the appeal that Miles Garrett did, we are going to have a final ruling on it. And what Miles Garrett did was he hit Mason Rudolph with Mason Rudolph's helmet. But the one thing that is the optics and what is being seen is always going to be top priority, and it should be, with what we, you know, put out as content for us, what the NFL puts out as content for us to watch. So when you sit there and you see a football player who's big as Miles Garrett and take a helmet and he's swinging it around the field, you think like he's just totally went rogue or just totally said, you know, forget the game of football, that he's lost his mind, he's going to need to detain and all that stuff like that. We all seen like the last Boy Scout or like movies with. Out with with big outbursts, we saw the Michael Crabtree and Keith, Keith Lee fight really break out into some real nasty stuff without helmet swings or last Boy Scout pulling out a gun. But when I, my point is that in this incident, you had where it was eight seconds left in the game. You had a player that was going after a quarterback on a on an open screen play, so basically on a slip screen, you you you're not blocking the first three linemen. Miles Garrett comes in there, he makes contact with Miles Rudolph. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you know what I'm saying, when Miles Garrett wraps around Mason Rudolph, he loses his footing, and they go down. In the midst of them going down, Mason Rudolph tries to struggle on going down, and it made it look like, you know what I'm saying, that he was being forcefully brought down, which Miles Garrett's a big guy. And I'm, I, and I'm looking at how this play was that he could have gave his body up, you know, saying he might he might have said, you know what, Mason, you coming down to the ground with me. But Mason Rudolph looks at that. He could have said, hey, ref, what's going on? He could have been like, man, you know, it just all the things he probably could have did. But where he made the statement in his post-game interview saying he would not be bullied. And I think at that point he wanted to sit there and rage up a little bit. He wanted to show that, Miles Garrett, I'm not scared of you. And he tried to yank his helmet off. Now people try to say that his hand was caught in the helmet, which I don't, I don't know. But I, from what I've seen, it looked like he had two hands on Miles Garrett's helmet trying to pull it off. Miles Garrett then gets into a kneel position to where he's sitting there saying like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And then he gets a kick to the groin. And people are ignoring that, like that didn't happen, or like a steel picture is going to present something to look like it, but it's not. This man was kicking him in the growing area more than once. And as being standing up on two feet, he once again got hit in the growing by Mason Rudolph, surrounded by three Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, Mason Rudolph had already ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet. I mean, uh, Miles Garrett has ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet. So in that instance, he felt like, you know what? I'm being surrounded. I'm being hit in a place where I'm not even swinging yet. So I'm going to swing this. 
and he hit Mason Rudolph with the helmet with a direct hit. Now, it was the soft part of the helmet. He didn't hit him with the hard cast part that probably really put Mason Rudolph in a bad situation. You know? So, yeah. My 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 big thing is that if I was being hit in the groin area like that, I'm going to swing and hit somebody in the helmet too if I got it in my hand. Swinging a fist, kick, something. It's just not a good area to get hit in like that and how that situation went down. And then Mason Rudolph is sitting there playing the victim in the post-game interview or playing like the guy that's like, you know, I got picked on, you know. It's just like you kind of brought that on yourself. Just being 100. I think you kind of brought that on yourself, buddy. So, you know, with the whole thing of, you know, saying him being suspended for the rest of the season, I don't see, really see nothing wrong with that because, like I said, the optics, it just makes Rudolph needs to be suspended too. Now, for some games, yeah, for the whole season, I wouldn't say no, but it just, it just, it was, the way the things looked on TV, Miles Garrett made it look extremely bad. You don't want to make people not want to watch this shit. So, I mean, yeah, you suspend somebody like that for the rest of the season. But you look real close to the tape. I think Mason Rudolph needs to be reprimanded somehow, too. Just just my opinion. Um, I was – somebody told me that Miles Garrett might should be tested for PEDs, might have had a Roy rage. He would have had – 10 Roy Rages already in the season. You know what I'm saying? He would have been already suspended. It would have already been suspended. It would have already been suspicion. I just think with something like that, with a big defensive end, you would have, you would have been like, he would have been drug tested already. I don't think this is a, a something where you look at Miles Garrett as like he's some Vontaze Perfect. Um, he's not... <clears throat> He's not somebody that's just, oh, man, I'm going to get on some steroids and I'm going to go crazy and it's just going to be wild. I don't see that either. So, I mean, I looked at somebody that, that had a label of college being soft, but not being soft, but just being a mild-mannered person, you know, somebody who reads and, and thinks and, you know, saying that, that you know, when you got an athlete like Miles Garrett, big and opposing like that, him being smart or being able to think or somebody who, who's articulate is not the first thing people think, and that is of Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is no dummy. You know, Miles Garrett has plans after football. So it's just like, he's not no person where you just think like he's just crazy. But we are on a football field. And he's not Jonathan Martin. So, I mean, if you get what I'm saying, this man ain't no pushover, but he's just not the type to sit there. I mean, the man sit there and said a fan came up to get an autograph and sucker punched him. He didn't do nothing. You get kicked in the nuts. Things that screamed at you and stuff like that. We don't know what was said on that field at that moment. And you got three. You got Pouncey. You got Villanueva. You got, uh, what's his name? Um, what's the other lineman for the Steelers? He was, he was around the area, too. It just it just looked, he looked like, man, I got I to gotta defend myself. I'm not condoning what Miles Garrett did, but I'm at least saying don't make this guy be some some monster villain or something like, oh, my God. Like, they were winning the game. Eight seconds left. He just felt like, dang, y'all ain't going to sit there and kick me. Y'all ain't going to try to jump me. And that's what ended up happening to him. He hit Mason Rudolph with them, and he got jumped. 
Pouncey turned into a street brawler. I mean, he was punching Miles Garrett with a helmet on. I mean, and got him down and kicked him. I mean, they beat the hell out of him. That shows you right there he's not no real super tough guy because I don't know how many times. I, I don't think Shannon Sharp would have let that happen. I don't think Pouncey couldn't even do that to Shannon Sharp in his playing days. But, yeah, I mean, that was just a weird ending. And Freddie Kitchens, you know, he, he makes a – and I'm not blaming nothing on him with this, but I'm just sitting there saying as far as the game goes, it's like that guy is just not – he needs. He don't need to be coached, but he did say something right in the post game interview. Excuse me. Is that Miles Garrett is a good guy? He's a not a. He's not a bad soul. So I mean, like you know, we gonna. They, this he's good. He said they're gonna support support him and all that good stuff. And then Baker Mayfield comes out there, and it, you know, it seems like he's not throwing him under the bus, but he's being a quarterback. You know, he's being a guy where he's like, you know, he's gonna get suspended and all that stuff like that. He's just saying inevitable things. Instead of the rah-rah, we got his back and stuff like that. So I don't know how that's going to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how that's going to go, but that's going to go. Now we're going to have, you know, rules and all this stuff and go over these rules and stuff like that. It's just plain and simple, man. Like, keep your helmet on. Don't try to pull each other's helmet off. And don't be swinging no helmets around. Because we've got TVs rolling, man. we got kids watching. We don't want to see in a peewee game a kid take a helmet off and start swinging and hit somebody just because Miles Garrett did it. But we're going to talk some football here and there, knick-knack, patty-whack, give a dog a bone. But we're going to sit there and say, you know, what? we're going to start off with a game. I want to talk about Minnesota versus Denver. Now, Denver's up 20 to 3. What is it? What is it? They were up. They were, they were, they were yeah, they were up 20 to nothing. Brandon Allen trying to look impressive for John Elway. Kirk Cousins said, you know what? I've been getting this and that, this and that thrown at me. I beat the Cowboys. Everybody's in there saying that we're a team that's going to fold 7-3. and I'm going to turn up. We're not going 7-4. And in the third quarter... Denver hits a wall offensively. Kirk Cousins gets everything going and connects. He starts connecting with Diggs. He starts getting Dalvin Cook going. Dalvin Cook gets going. His feet gets to starts chopping and everything. Mm, 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 mm. The Minnesota Vikings come back from 20 to nothing to beat the Denver Broncos 27 to 23. Brand, and, 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 you know, Brandon Allen still had a chance to try to get this victory. He was, he was scrambling and he was willing and dealing trying to make it happen. But when you hit a wall like that in the third quarter, you're up 20 to nothing. You don't lose this game. How do you lose this game? How does the defense allow this to happen? 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter for the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins with 133 quarterback rating. He went 29 out of 35 and 319. The man only had six incompletions. 
Unbelievable. Kirk Cousins, what a game. Dalvin Cook only had 26 yards. Stephon Diggs, five catches, 121 and a touchdown. And hello, they do this without Adam Thielen. Kyle Rudolph, five catches and a touchdown. No Thielen, no problem. Minnesota Vikings, get it done, eight and three. Ooh, that's nice. That's nice. Buffalo goes to Miami. Miami has been looking good, as you can say. So, I mean, you're playing Buffalo's rival. It's a – yeah, Buffalo destroyed Miami, 37-20. to 20. It, it it looked like something can come of this game. Jakeem Grant run back and kick off a turn. Looked like they could try, but it was just too late. The Buffalo Bills have figured out some things offensively. Now, Devin Singletary is going to have to stop fumbling the ball. But him being a, an addition to this offense is good. But, um, you know, Josh Allen, you know, 21 of 30, 30, 31 of 33, 256, three touchdowns. One of his better games, passing the ball. And uh, John Brown is really starting to become the head honcho of this offense of wide receiver court. Um, Cole Beasley in there, you know, saying with Knox and all those guys like that. But, hey, Singletary. 15 carries, 75 yards. He's doing a good job running the ball. Five yards per carry. He's young, but he's got to quit fumbling so much. He didn't lose a fumble, but he's got to he's got to hold it down on the fumbles. But the defense of the of the Bills, though, they I mean, just you know Latulele, you know, what I'm saying like the brother of he he went to went to Utah. I remember seeing this kid. I knew he was going to be uh, a problem. I knew. Um, he was going to be um, somewhat of a big-time force, number 98, star Latulele. Um, then your your veteran, your your leader, Lorenzo Alexander, somebody to mention as well. Um, then, you know what I'm saying, Jerry Hughes. Um, I like Jordan Phillips. Trey Davius White. Is another person to mention. Micah Hyde, Corey Legion, who they just picked up. So, I mean, like, this team is really looking good on defense. And Ed Oliver is not looking bad either. Trey Edmonds, another big pickup. So, I mean, they got these draft picks. They got these young guys, Shaq Lawson. They're good. This this defense is no slouch. And the offense can just take the time to get better and better. Josh Allen is trying to. And he had 117 quarterback right Now, the offense are 2-8. and eight. They were on six. Now they're seeing better days with two in. They're still the Dolphins. Dolphins. Saints versus Buccaneers, 34-17. The Buccaneers goes out there trying to, I guess you could say, string on two wins in a row after beating the Arizona Cardinals. Um... James Winston, new nickname should be four. And people should say it like that. Four. He's a four interception in the game. He, he loves throwing four picks in a game. 57 quarterback rate. 51 passes. And here we still maintain somewhat in the game, down 10, good part in the fourth quarter. Then they, you know, did what they did, but couldn't score in the fourth. 
you know, Drew Brees, 28-35, 228, three tight eyes, 122 quarterback rating. Alma Kamara, 75 yards. Alma Kamara, 47 yards. You put that together, you did a match. He's a problem. Getting 5.8 yards per carry. And he's catching the ball. He's back. Michael Thomas wearing the all white with the white and black concord. Gets eight catches, 114 yards. Mike Evans, I don't know where he was at. I don't know. Maybe he was just like, man, James is killing us. Drops. Looking in the wrong areas. We just couldn't. Cameron Bray was the only one that showed up to play. Cam Bray. That was it. Jameis didn't. Sure didn't. And, you know, we couldn't run the ball to save our life. We only had, if it weren't for Jameis, hell, we would only have 13 yards rush. Eight and two to New Orleans Saints. They, of course, are in control of the NFC South. The team they lost to last week, the Falcons, Feeling like we ain't trying to be worse than the Buccaneers. They've woken up. And they've won two in a row. Beating the Saints and now beating the Panthers. Matt Ryan going wild. Now 3-7. and seven, Same record as the Bucks. 21-31. 311 yards in a touchdown. Kyle Allen. 50 attempts. 4 interceptions. Now we understand who Kyle Allen is. I said it. Get the tape on him. We're starting to see who Kyle Allen is. Starting to get real rough for him. And it's now it's going to get rough for Christian McCaffrey on the, on, the, on, the, on the flip side of that. So now you got to try to get him the ball. He had 11 catches, 121 yards receiving with 14 rushes and 70 yards. All that for a loss to get killed by a team called the Falcons who has only had one season leading up to their last, what, two games in a row? <laughs> let's, let's think about that. But they just, they, they were so quick. Now, Cam could be really messed up. I mean, he, he can really not be good to go this season. But they were really quick to go ahead and button him up and, and put him in the dresser, you know, for later for trade. Because Kyle Allen was winning fast straight games, six straight games. And, you know, I just I just one of those things where I'm just like, woo. But Cam, like I said, might be really messed up and can't go. And Kyle Allen might be the only thing. But there is a guy, I won't get into them later. But anyway, <laughs> Rams, Bears, Rams, Bears, Rams, Bears. Wasn't in Chicago, it wasn't cold. Todd Gurley got to be him. Todd Gurley took 27 rushes to get 95 yards. Jerry Goff is not worth the money they paid him. Um, Mitch Trubisky helped this team win um, the Rams. 24-43. Um, just really nothing there. They pulled him out of the game. Who was injured because he's sore? Sorry, or I don't know what the hell happened. But just can't really get this offense going. A lot of dink and dunks. Just can't get it going. Defense has to stay out there. It's hard for him to win. But Jerry Goff, you know, 11, 18, 173 yards, 669 passer rating. They didn't ask him to do a lot. He can't do a whole lot through a pick. Um, Todd Gurley, you know, had his best game: 25 yards, 97 yards. 13, 13, uh, he had a 13-yard run was his longest, but the thing is to me, at 3.9 yards per carry, he used to be, when this, when we talk about a good game from Todd Gurley, 
4.7 yards per carry, 5 yards per carry, you know, but 3.9 ain't bad. 25 carries, 97 yards. I mean, and he got a W. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this offense is a play action offense. They're run. You got to run the football you, to get them really going. And you know, you got guys out there that's playing wide receiver that once you get kind of things down, you're not going to sit there and just go crazy with them unless it's working in the run game. How's that going? You finally had a good one, and you got some people out there in space made some plays. Blase block. But it's smoke and mirrors, man. Smoke and mirrors. You got to trick these defenses, man. These, these defense coordinators are so smart and everything. Next week, they're gonna be this team's gonna be looking for Gurley now. And how are you gonna switch it up? What is the Rams gonna be doing here to get, you know, what I'm saying back to where they were to get back to Super Bowl? Because you know, hey, the Patriots don't look great offensively, but they're winning games. They're still looking, you know, what I'm saying good. Now the AFC being in the AFC East and being in that AFC is helping. But, you know, hey, Rams 6-4, man. Y'all got to get it going, man. Y'all got to get it going. Y'all can't end this season with seven or eight losses, man. It just can't happen. So we're going to see what happens with them. And uh, like I said, the Colts, they got back on their winning ways with Jacoby Brissett, 33-13 over the Jaguars. Uh, Nick Foles comes back after the bye even. Whew. Did not look good. Uh, 33-47, 92-rating, 296-2 touchdowns and interception. Um, you know, rusty, but you know, Jacoby Brissett was just itching to get back out there to play. But it's just the defense and the team of the coach was more or less happy he came back out there to play because they played way harder, played better. You can see how the the the, the you can just see it. I mean, they played better with him out there playing quarterback. And uh, what's his name? Um, Jonathan Williams came out there and just just ran. I mean, he ran that ball, boy. I mean, he ran that ball. He had 113 yards, uh, 116 yards, excuse me, on eight yards per carry. Marlon Mack had 109 yards on seven yards per carry. Quentin Nelson, Jesus, even got a carry. But no, Quentin Nelson in that line, they're really just doing good things, man. Anybody can run on them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jacoby Say got a rushing touchdown. Um, you know what I'm saying? They, they're using receivers as running backs. They're just doing a whole bunch of different things, man. And, you know, with Andrew Luck retiring, you just didn't see this team being that good. I didn't see this team doing what they're doing now, especially being above 500 the way they are. Six and four. They wouldn't have been six and four. To me, I think they could have beat Pittsburgh. I seriously think they could have beat Pittsburgh. And then they lose what last week to the uh what was it, what was it, what was it? Yeah, it was Miami. You don't you don't lose to Miami if you got Brissett out there. Just saying. So those two games really hurt them and they really their record would have been screaming real good if Jacoby Brissett would have been out there in those last two games. It'll be eight and two. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Injuries happen. Got the next man up. Now you're looking at six and four, but still looking good in the AFC, man. Like I said, AFC is something else. Um, next we talk about is the Redskins and the Jets. Sam Darnold went out there against Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, he said, I've been in this league a year, a whole, you know, year longer than you. 
Um, we're gonna try to do better, and he had was better. They were about the same as far as completion in attempts, 19 to 30. Haskins 19 to 35, 293, 214, two touchdowns, four touchdowns. Just the difference is that the Jets had 34 points. They had a shootout in the fourth quarter, but the slow start of the, of the Redskins just could not help, you know what I'm saying, at all. They had to get out there and they had to get going, but it was tough to really do that, you know what I'm saying, when you got this defense of the Jets who wakes up and plays every once in a while. But, you know, when you're playing a team that's like the Redskins with this rookie, and especially in the beginning of the game, you're going to have certain um, liberties. Um, but, you know, I look at guys like uh, Jamal Adams, and it's like, how does this man, like, how, how, this is probably one of the best safeties I've seen in, in, since Sean Taylor, since Ed Reed, since... Earl Thomas, you know, I'm naming these guys that, I mean, Darren Woods, Jamal Adams is a problem, man. I mean, that's all I can say. I wish that he was on the Buccaneers. It's just like, what he, I mean, like, he's a difference maker. He's a difference maker in the sense of saying, like, if he was on a team that was really going in a good direction, I mean, he's, he's trying with the Jets. You see these good games they have, he's in the mix of it, getting the safety against the, uh, the, what was that he was playing against? He got the safety, and I, I think they might have won that game. I'm not sure, but he gets he, – he makes plays, man. He makes plays. I think I want to say he made made a good play against the Cowboys, man. I mean, like, he makes things happen. But three sacks. Three sacks. That's amazing. It's just amazing. Being the Giants, being the, being the Redskins, that's, that's two in a row. So now you got Oakland next. Can they can they make it three in a row? Can they do it? God, Jamal Adams. I wish he was on. I wish he was on the Buccaneers. Just to say we got him. He's he's such a special player, Jamal Adams, man. Such a special player. Moving on, still going to talk about the NFC East. We got the Patriots going against the Eagles. That was a game that people was waiting to see. Because you got the Cowboys playing the Patriots next week. Or this weekend. Like I said before, the Patriots offense is just not clicking. They don't have special weapons. Some players are banged up. Edelman is getting triple teamed. Like Skip Bayless pointed that out in a, in a funny way. But it's just like Edelman's getting a lot of attention put on him. And they don't have Josh Gordon no more. They got some new. He's really... Still trying to get adjusted to see how he can be effective. For what they need him for, I don't really too much see it, but we'll see. And they're using him at punt return. I'm not really seeing that either. But um, it just, with this offense, a lot of it is too, is that they got a lot of new pieces on the offensive line that that is not clicking like the Patriots would anticipate or how they can get patchwork offensive lines to get going because last year or the year before that they wasn't the best offensive line or people were saying this guy's name whatever they didn't resign one guy and here and here the replacement is just is, is allowing Tom Brady to get pulverized I mean I've watched him in the past three games take some real shots and they were clean shots 
Sean Watson's taking them and all those guys taking them. So it ain't like he's getting special dirty shots or nothing like that. It's, he's getting hit out there and it's, hey, he's getting hit. TB12 is getting the understanding of that, hey, the older you get, the slower you move. You may feel great, but look at your film. Look at your arm. Look at, look at things and, and under pressure. Completion percentage under pressure, not good. Rolling out, not good. Down, uh, three and outs, high. Run game, non-existent. Those are the things where you look at and you're like, you can't throw your way out of certain situations. And then when you can't run the ball, look at it. Even himself said, man, this offense is not exactly where I want it to be. And, you know, happy you get the win. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going verbatim what he's saying, but he's just saying happy he got the win, but he really wished the offense would play a little better. Because you can't play from behind that way. If you go down like you did against the Ravens, how are you going to come back and win? Everybody was sitting there thinking like, oh, it's okay. The Patriots are going to come back and win. Lamar Jackson's going to make. And then they win 37-20. to 20. They just beat the Texans 41-7. to 7. But they run the ball. They pass. When they pass, he's 24th in attempts, Lamar Jackson is. But when they pass, it's good. Patriots has not found the proper identity to sit there and score points, and that's scaring Tom Brady. They have no Gronk. Hell, they don't got no AB. Now they don't got everybody they had for the success. And now they got to find these new people. And the kill Harry came in there, he got a catch. But he didn't really do no, too, nothing too crazy. And then you got Carson Wentz on the other side, who was just looking pedestrian. Could have beat Tom Brady at this vulnerable point. Ten points. Looked just as worse. Looked just as worse. So, yeah. Um, my my slogan, NFC tough, AFC fluff. Top of the fluff, New England Patriots. Top of the tough, look at those 49ers. Because that's what I'm going to talk about. The reason why I'm putting them at the top of the tough is because they're playing teams like the Arizona Cardinals who are really not that good, but they have been looking better here as of late. They lost to the Buccaneers in a tightly close game. But if we rewind, rewind back to where they played the 49ers two weeks ago in the Thursday night game, they almost won. And here they are, 49ers, playing them right up again, knowing that, hey, they, they know us, they could try to play, play it better. And here they were, up, trying to win again, up in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo turning the ball over in the red zone, they still try to figure a way to win, and they do it. That's what makes them tough, because they even do mistakes and all that stuff like that, they can pull out wins like this. Now, they're going to have to do that against Packers, Saints, have to do that against the uh, Vikings, teams like that, Cowboys, somebody like that to really say, hey, you know, show me all the way. But I think they have in certain games, especially against the Seahawks that they've lost, that they can be very tough. That, you know, 
I don't know what happened in that overtime, just whatever with the Seahawks, but they was there in the game. So up there in the tough, I like the 49ers because they show up and they play really hard. And those running backs are the lifeblood of that offense because it gets to guys like Debo Samuel and guys like that because Jimmy Garoppolo is not all that great. I don't have to sit there and go in the whole PFF bullcrap talking all that stuff like that. The man throws interceptions. He's, he's sometimes looking kind of wild when pressure's coming to him. And thank God he has Brita and those guys, Tevin Coleman, and those guys like Debo Samuel and those guys like that. They can make short yardage somethings in the big yard or something. We can make a miss here and some big there. It was simple just to sit there and say, down, said, hut. Give it to Tevin Coleman, he gets 30 yards, here they are in the red zone. They didn't have Kittle out there. Cal Shanahan is coach of the year, man. I'm trying to tell you, this man is coach of the year. He's a fantastic offensive play caller. Better than Sean McVay. Just look at the 49ers and how they play, man. Even do mistakes, just look at them. Cal Shanahan is that next big thing, man. Next big thing. Speaking of good things in coaching, you look at the Raiders and they play the Bengals. Bengals haven't won a game, but I commend the Raiders because they don't have it all. But they still win the games. They're well buttoned up with John Gruden. I'm tired of people wanting to sit there and make these jokes about John Gruden or the Raiders and tying them into it. But he's buttoned up that team, and they've played better, and they've looked better. A win's a win, no matter how you get it. Yeah, they didn't blow out the, the 0-10 Bengals. But they got the W, and then they're going to keep on going. And if they get some more wins, they're going to be number one in the AFC West. Good win by the Chiefs, though, to keep things there at that pack. But, man, they're playing better. Derek Carr, 25-29, 292 in a touchdown. Josh Jacobs, big part of that. He's, he's, he's really, really good. Really good. He's a really a rookie of the year front runner. I made a a post about DK Metcalf, you know, saying being in the conversation, being in the conversation. But I really am proud of Josh Jacobs and how he's came into being the young man he is. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, it's going to take him a couple years. No, took him one. 23 yards, 112 yards, 4.9 yards per carry. I bet uh, Todd Gurley can have those numbers again. 21-yard rush was his longest. He fumbled, of course, youngster. Hold on to the football. But the play that Derek Carr did the little rushing touchdown, though, man, that play for one yard, the jukes, the moves he had to do to get in there, man, I was just like, that just that just shows you how bad the Bengals are, man. They could not tackle a quarterback at the goal line, and he juked three people. When I say that out loud, you try to imagine it in your head, you're like, well, what the hell happened? Like, you should have seen it. Like, it was like a mad dash to try to tackle a freaking wet piece of soap. I don't know, man. It was just whoop, 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 whoop. And he's in there. He's in the end zone. Like, no, hey, here I am, guys. What's up? This is a funny thing to me. But we're going to keep it rolling. Talk about the Cowboys and the Lions. The Lions had Jeff Driscoll out there. Jeff Driscoll went 15 to 26, 209, two touchdowns. What? Hit 109 quarterback rating. 109. Um, there's a lot of good teams out there that got good offenses, you know, good bad defenses. But when you look at the Cowboys and you look at the defense, you're like, how can you let Jeff Driscoll have 15 to 26, 209, two touchdowns, 109 quarterback rating? 
How? And the one thing that Skip Bayless says that I like that far as saying like that Jason Garrett is not really getting his team routed up to play. That means something, man. It's getting your team pumped up to go out there and put a foot in Jeff Driscoll's ass because it's not Matt Stafford. Oh, carry on Johnson out there, Bo Scarborough is, he goes crazy. Offenses always can't save defenses. Offenses always can't save defenses. Actually, I remember saying that with the Colts back then, with Peyton Manning and them, Carson Palmer, Chad Ojo and them. Good offenses always can't save the day. Just can't. Ezekiel Elliott bottled up again, 2.8 yards per carry. He got a touchdown, but he put the ball on the carpet. Got two touchdowns, sorry. Dak Prescott, 29-46, 444, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and one sack. He was in there, he was slick, he was moving, grooving. He was hitting guys. Randall Cobb, four catches, 115 yards. Mark Cooper was limited. He had three catches, but Jason Witten had five catches, but Randall Cobb was really that guy. Michael Gallup, nine catches, 148 yards. He was being that guy. Just the defense going to have to really help out and show up. Only two sacks, and that was for Michael Bennett. Robert Quinn had a sack, um, but you're not putting no pressure on Jeff Driscoll. You're not making this guy make mistakes. Put yourself in a position where you had it in a closer game than you needed to be with a 3-6-1 and six and one team with a backup quarterback. Y'all going to be playing the Patriots here, man. Get it to get it get it together because they are looking bad offensively and they would love to look good against y'all. They would love it. More to marry. Get it together. Get it together. Last game we're gonna talk about the Chiefs and the Chargers. Talked about Phillip Rivers, but we'll talk about the Chiefs. Um Tyreek Hill had a little knacking injury with the hamstring. You know, he's always in or out with with I always say speed injuries. Speed runs into wall, hurts shoulder. Speed hurts the hamstring. <laughs> it's like, God, you're fast. But yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes had 59 rushing yards. I thought that was interesting with a 24-yard rush with a hurt knee. He's getting out there showing he's loose and ready to go. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 92 yards and a touchdown. Nice little play that they ran to cook up for that. And other than that, Mr. Damian Williams, I'm not Damian, Daryl Williams with the power run inside. That was a nice little run. Just just put the shoulder down and look crazy, man. Just pop, 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 pow. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes back. But 72 passer rating, had interception. Wasn't a super, super game. And he go for 400 yards passing or nothing like that. Like I said, Tyreek Hill went down, so he didn't really get to do much. Um, I think Harmon, I think Harmon, Harmon, you know what I'm saying, he, he, was, he was bottled up. He didn't get to get the wheels going, and neither did Sammy Watkins. But they got the victory nonetheless. They got the victory. And the Chiefs now can can breathe a little easy, but the Raiders, are, they're breathing right up down their neck. Jared Gruden, eh? Hey, man. Hey, man. Let's go down there to Kansas City down there. Patrick Mahomes there, man. Let's go down there and put a foot up their ass there, man. That's what he's feeling like. And Josh Jacobs is ready to run on that defense because that defense looks light. Oh, so light. Philip Rivers, retired.
That's all I'm going to say. But, yeah. I'm going to talk about this one last thing. We'll get on out of here. Later on in the week, we'll talk about some NBA stuff. Um, but before I depart, the last two things I want to mention is A... Oh, um, I'm going to congratulate the LSU Tigers. I didn't get to talk about them beating the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, Joe Burrow looked great. He's been looking good every week. Throwing the football, getting touchdowns, man. It's weird seeing LSU with a quarterback sitting there doing what he can do. And then they still have the run game to back it up. That's all great. So, I mean, them beating Alabama had to coming out, like, I think it was like, what, 21 to 3 or 27 or something like that. And they let Alabama come back. They're letting teams like Ole Miss get 400 yards rushing. 600 total yards in the game and stuff like that. I just want to put it out there that the LSU Tigers are looking real good, but you're not going to look good whenever teams are going to be able to do that to y'all late in the season. Y'all are going to end up with an L. Can't be giving up yards like that. And Alabama almost came back and beat y'all. So how much I like LSU at this point, they're still a little sketchy, especially on the defensive end. Um, they're just not stopping teams. They're not stopping nothing. But they're worried about scoring. They can outscore teams. So at least they can do that. But how long can that last, especially getting towards that playoff time? It's getting, you know, things get down to the nitty-gritty. Pressure tightens up. That defense needs to step up because then what if the offense struggles? Defense needs to make plays. Alabama lost Tua over the weekend. It was playing against um, Mississippi State. And... uh, it's crazy. The game's, the game's, you know, pretty much in hand. Tua, in this Friday Night Lights scenario, talks, saving him and let him go back out there. Next thing you know, he's talking about him having a successful hip surgery because he displaced his hip to the point of we're thinking of Bo Jackson. We're thinking of career ending, all that stuff. So, I mean, prayers to Tua. Unfortunately, he broke his nose as well in the process. And agonizing pain. It's just, that was tough. And the Alabama Crimson Tide just lost their guy for the season. So now they're going to have this backup. And they're going to have to make do. So that's my college report on that. Commending the Ohio State Buckeyes. Teams like the LSU Tigers. And you got the... Um, I would say at that point, that's 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 your toughest bet, because Clemson, how how good is Clemson going to be this year? How good is Georgia? You know what I'm saying? We remember how Georgia when they lost that game. I look at it as LSU and Ohio State are the two best teams. What if you know what I'm saying like they're I mean really are the best. I think LSU was going to really handle Georgia. I think Ohio State's going to win out. Clemson is undefeated, but ACC is definitely not it this year. And they're not it. Hell, we're not even hearing about Lawrence being in the Heisman race. So, you know, 
A lot of good nine and one teams though. Especially that Alabama team. <laughs> I'd make that joke, but yeah, man. Uh, college football, like I said this year, it's been it's been decent. It's been decent, but LSU, really, like I said, defensively they got to step it up. But offensively, they they they've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a quarterback like this, and I'm happy they got it. And he can possibly be a, a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, to finalize my show, Colin Kaepernick had a workout last weekend, Saturday. His workout was supposed to be at the Atlanta Falcons practice facility. Um, it didn't go as planned because Kaepernick was afraid that the NFL was going to sabotage the workout in some way or something. I'm trying. I'm. I've been sitting there trying to be. I was excited about the workout, and I'm like, boom. But then I'm hearing the Jay Z. Had a hand in it. I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling real good. So it's just like you get to this point of the workout and hearing Antonio Brown wants to be a wide receiver. The next thing you know, you're hearing that, you know, that, that the NFL's taking care of all of the stuff and stuff like that. And we get to Saturday, and then Colin Kaepernick moves the whole thing to a high school down his way, about 60 miles away, and gets cameras and does the whole nine yards. Now, my thing is this. He looked good out there. He threw the ball well. That was one. I was. That was one of the things I was hoping and you know, wanting to see. He didn't look that different as far as throwing the motion. He didn't change no mechanics or nothing like that. He seemed a little bit more broader, more bigger. But he looked like he could play quarterback in the NFL. I don't think anybody had a doubt in that. I just think people just wanted to see him take the steps. That's why I'm going to break this down. It wasn't like that we had to really see him work out. But it's a formality. It's semantics. It's them there kind of like, you know, okay, you got us attention now. So we're going to send some scouts or some, some GMs or whatever. Watch you work out and go through the steps like that. This was not something to where we was just like, I, I just don't think this was something where we just like, you know, this is, a, this is just a, we're going to do this so we can get you out of our hair type deal. Hell, you know what I'm saying? That I, you would put out you put out four workout videos in the past three years, maybe maybe more, Kaepernick. So we we've seen you throw the football. I just think people just wanted to see the formality NFL setting. You throw it, people seeing it, they give their opinion just like they did when your offsite thing, Kunta Kente shirt, all that, whatever. My thing is that the shirt wasn't all that bad. He wanna wear a Kunta Kente shirt, that's on him. Um, but I just look at him as somebody like a a person that believes in something, and I'm glad that he does. But if you really wanted to play football, if you just really cared about being back on the field, you could have hit pause on your calls because it's getting to the point where we need more action than than you sitting there grandstanding for something that we're not in battle with the NFL with. Me as a black person is seeing law enforcement take advantage of innocent, sometimes innocent, not all the time innocent, traffic stops can have bad license or something like that. Yes, there could be some wrong into this, but when the person ends up being dead by gunfire, 
on these on these simple stops, you ask yourself, what is the real problem? Or when you have, which is really out there, white privilege on things to where, I, like I said, I seen a guy with an AK-47 hold it at the police. This was on video. This was on a on a police camera. Man holding an AK-47, telling the police to shoot him, pointing the gun at them, and they still didn't do it, and they arrested him. And we know all the rest with Dylan Roof and all the stuff like that and how they are apprehended and all that good stuff. So we've been through the years of that. I understand there have been great actions being taken place as far as what we can do to put awareness into this. Why can't we stick with the action? Which what we've been doing. Do we need to keep protesting? There's, you know what I'm saying? We've gotten to the point where things has happened where we got damn near numb to 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 some of the stuff. It's just kind of like, oh, man. We have worked past that point to where now where we have put awareness on it. We've put the action in place to where we should just continue on making sure things are better, but not sitting there trying to be radically protesting on an NFL forum. I get how I could be sounding like, oh, what are, you, what are you saying? I'm like, no, I'm not sitting there saying not to be down for the cause or sit there and protest and nothing like that. It's just, we've, we've, we've ran this course with the NFL. The NBA ain't sitting there. LeBron James ain't wearing a Just Breathe shirt no more. He's not kneeling in uh, national anthems. It's past the point. Action. You went to go work out to play football, Kaepernick. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to, it's just like, man, it's just a publicity stunt. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go as far as the Stephen A. comments because he's animated. He's getting paid $9 million. I'm not. I'm just keeping it real to where I'm not trying to call Kaepernick Rachel, Rachel Dawzill, but I'm, I'm basically trying to say that Kaepernick is doing a great thing for a community that really he's not fully into. I'm kind of, you know, saying echoing, you know, what Marcellus Riley's saying in the sense of saying like he's not, you know, saying like he's not a brother, and that's not a knock on him, but it's just what me saying he's going over the top, overdoing it, is me saying that because you would think like somebody like a real like. Real brother, like you know, really going hard, you know, saying fighting for something, and they when they really are under that oppression, they've seen, you know, saying their brother get killed, or they've seen this stuff like that. You know, this guy's feeling heartfelt for a lot of families and a lot of black uh, uh, people that's been victimizing as such. He's looking at that and he's feeling bad about it, and he's wanting change, and I and that is beautiful. But there's certain things where you can go over the top where you're like, bro, we get it that you're down with it. That's what I'm trying to say. We're like, I know, Kaepernick. I get it. You are 100% down with us, man. And I I appreciate that because you've done some real good things without even speaking. So you haven't even went on big speaking tours, you no know, big serious speeches. So you're not really a full-time activist. And you still was able to do so much. But you have able to do a lot to put money in your pockets. And there's no knock there because you have not been able to be employed to play a quarterback for three years, which you should have been. Kaepernick 
it's a great piece of uh, history for the for our future. You know what I'm saying? Because we're gonna go back and we're gonna look at his name and what he's able to do. He put light on something. So now we get to this point where he could be playing football again and people are paranoid thinking that the NFL is going to sit there and sabotage him or create some narrative and all that stuff like that. Let the damn thing go through its course. Now, I've heard about this waiver and all that stuff like that. It's just what they have set in place. Go through the damn workout. Do we need TV coverage and all this stuff? Do we need it? Do we need all that? I'm not even going to get into Eric Reed because I think Stephen A. Smith was absolutely right on everything he said about him. You're collecting checks week in and week out from the place that you claim you hate, that it wasn't even in battle. Like, the NFL ain't shooting no unarmed black person. They ain't sitting there out here making it hard for us. The NFL ain't. Look at the NFVP race. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Look at it. So, that's what I got to say about Kaepernick. I just thought he just did too much. I thought it was over the top. I thought he didn't need to do that. So, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. And this is the Soft Straight Talk Show. I'm going to wrap it up. But like I said, later on this week, we're going to have an episode talking about some NBA action. The Lakers are doing the damn thing. Paul George is back. And he went nuts. His first game back, 37 points on 20 minutes, um, scoring 150 points on the Hawks. Then he hit a game-winning uh, or a game-deciding shot uh, against his former Thunder team. Um, you know, Russell and James Harden trying to really mesh it out, trying to maximize what they do better. And I think James Harden's doing a good job of that, maximizing the shots. 41 shots, 46 points. <laughs> Jesus. He's averaging 40-some points in the past six games, but he's shooting the ball 200 times in those six games. Um, the Lakers are a block shot machine. LeBron James ain't lost a step. I'm liking a lot of things we're going to be talking about. Plus, we're going to be talking about some things in the fight game, too. Hopefully, I have some um, some guests have some guests on board. So, um, I hope you enjoy y'all's uh, Tuesday. Y'all have a good one. And like I said, don't sit there think that I'm trying to, you know, bury Cap or bash Cap. I think Cap's doing a great job. This one instance where you cared about football so much that you ain't played in three years and you wanted to play, just go and do the fucking workout. And don't worry about all that other stuff. Because like Jay-Z said, it was just you wanted a publicity stunt. And I agree with that man. Hold. But y'all have a good one. I'm out. Soft Street Talk Show.